We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. I think we all come to God in such different ways and variations and different places and lives and countries. And you may be seated. Please be seated. That it's hard to grasp sometimes how God just wants to love on us. You know, I think of the time where Jesus just spoke and He said, well, you know, well, there is much sin to be forgiven. Let me put it in Pastor Don's. Well, there is much sin to be forgiven. There, there's much grace to be given. And some of us come from a place where there's just so much that He, ha- he has forgiven. There's, you know, when I look back, and I, I don't want to dwell on the past, but there's, there's just so much that He has forgiven, that He's washed that He's cleansed, that He's allowed to, to go as far as the east is from. There's so much that He's looked into Pastor Don's life and said, it exists no more. I choose to forget it. I choose to put it out of my memory. That you can't help but just exalt Him. What kind of a God would do what our God has done? No other God in the history of mankind and there have been many. They've all been dead and false. But no God has done what our God has done. No, no God has, has done in the lives of His people from the very beginning until this thing is done with. No God like Him. And I'm just thankful that God sees me through the precious blood. That he doesn't look that that look at me and say, "Well, there's, there's that dawn again," but he just sees me as a son. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Colossians, chapter two. I'm also going to be reading from more of Psalm chapter one hundred. If you want to just turn to Psalm one hundred, that's fine, because Colossians two. I'm just going to read a couple of verses here. Colossians 2, I'm going to read verses 6 and 7. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. There's another version that says it this way. Now that you have welcomed the Anointed One, Jesus the Lord, into your lives, continue to journey with Him, and allow Him to shape your lives. Let your roots grow down deeply in Him. And let Him build you up on a firm foundation. Be strong in the faith, just as you were taught, and always spill over with thankfulness. Spill over with thankfulness. So often we want the Lord to spill over His Spirit into our lives, But there's times when we just need to spill over with thankfulness. The greatest moments of thankfulness are not usually found in times of plenty, but times of difficult circumstances. At the pilgrims' first Thanksgiving, half of their number had already died. They were people without a country, but they still found a place to be grateful to God and allow their thanksgiving to spill over. When Abraham Lincoln established the first Thanksgiving Day as a national holiday, the nation was in civil war. 
The casualties seemed to have no end. And this nation was struggling for its very survival. You know, sometimes I think that's the way our lives work. Sometimes we're in civil war inside of us. Sometimes it seems like that the casualties are just no end and that we're struggling to survive. But that's the time when we need to spill over in thanksgiving to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to be learned to be we have to learn to be thankful. Because if we don't learn to be thankful, what happens is we learn to be bitter. It's in thankfulness that we take the seed of bitterness and cast it out onto the rocks where it can't find root, where the sun or the bird takes it, and it can no longer be a part of our life. That's what thankfulness does for you. You know, oftentimes we've heard it. If, you, if you're in a struggle with something in particular, go help somebody that's in that struggle or in another struggle, somebody that's struggling, because in that you're going to find thankfulness. You're going to find a reward in your struggle. Regardless of the circumstance, no matter how difficult, we have to let our hearts overflow with gratitude for the one who made us. You know he made us. Not only that, he knows us by name. Not only that, he knows every hair on our head. Not only that, he has cataloged it. Every hair on your head is not only known, it's cataloged that's how deeply and intently God loves you he wants you to know that you're his and so in this time of thanksgiving maybe we need to take a step back because we give thanks for all that God's done for us and how he's brought our nation to where he's brought it and yeah we're in difficulties and we're in trials and struggles but we still have a God that can lead us but sometimes it's good to just step back and say Thank you, Lord. You don't have to subscribe to any certain thing. You don't have to talk about any situation. But just be thankful that He's God. Aren't you thankful today that you know Him, the living God? There are many that don't know Him. There are those that still, in areas of our world, have never heard of Him. They don't know who He is. They've never heard his name. Oh, Pastor Don, I thought we had preached the gospel to every creature all around the world. No. No, we haven't. There are, there are indigenous people in South America, not too far from us, that are so secluded, if you will, from all the rest of humanity that they have to send certain people in just to watch and get an eye on them to see how well they're doing, if they're still prospering, if they're still growing. But nobody invades their area. Nobody comes into their area because they, they have chosen to be secluded and the countries there have chosen to allow them to be secluded. But where is the name of Jesus in their life? What if I was one of those ones that lived in that area? I think of those things quite often, and I'm just so thankful for what God has done. Psalm chapter 100, please. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pastor. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful 
unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. How is it possible? That's, that's perfectly fine. How is it possible in the midst of struggles, trials, and tribulations that your heart and my heart can overflow with thanksgiving? How is that possible? What does that look like? What, what does that mean to overflow with thanksgiving when all of these things are in my life and I see all of these things in my, my country and around the world and uh, all of these things are happening? How can I come to a place in my life that regardless of what's going on, I can just give thanks? You know, there's, there's something about shouting that appears to children, isn't there? You notice that? Children love to shout. They love to yell and scream. There's something about it. We often tell them to sit down and be quiet. But the Bible says a lot about standing up and shouting and shouting loud when it comes to thankfulness in God. We could learn some things from our children. Maybe they're running and shouting because of a different purpose. But what if we had that same exuberance to run and shout to the top of our voice thankfulness to God? In many places, that's out of place. In many church buildings, that's out of place. In many settings, that's out of place. But I'm going to tell you something. In Tabernacle of Praise, it's never out of place to shout and with a voice of triumph. The glory and the thanksgiving that we have, never out of place. It's never out of place. Listen, I, I don't know that I've seen that here. And some people laugh about it and some people have the, uh, an opinion about it. And, and I'm not giving you opinion. I'm going to tell you that if, if there was a man one time that he visited his friend's church and right in the middle of the services, this guy gets up and he just starts running. And the man looks at his friend like, what is this? And so the guy sat down and a few minutes later, he jumped up and ran again and the guy's his friend said, man, you guys are nuts. What is this going on? And he said, hold on a second. And the third time the guy got up and he was shouting and running. And he said, you better explain this because I'm leaving. And he said, look, about two years ago he was in an accident. And he was paralyzed from the waist down. And God healed him. Do you understand now why he's jumping up and running and shouting? Every chance he gets, it's a thanksgiving. It's not out of order. It's not out of place. Listen, shouting with a voice of triumph is in Scripture. Being excited about God is in Bible. It's an appropriate expression to God. I think sometimes we believe God's ears will hurt if we shout too much. It's not about what makes me feel comfortable when I'm before God. If what makes me feel comfortable when I come before God is how I act, I'm going to be a very dead, lifeless. You know, there's a lot of times I don't feel comfortable. But, you know, the more that I begin to worship and, and give thanks to him, the more comfortable I'm. It's, but it's about what pleases him. And I know that when I get out of my comfort, you heard it last week. We've got to get out of comfort. When you get out of comfort, it's when you learn to realize that God is pleased with your uncomfortability. You're going beyond the human norm. You're going beyond the expectation. And God's not asking you to get uncomfortable. He's never asked you to get uncomfortable. That's something we should do freely because of His goodness and graciousness and His love and our thanksgiving for Him. But it's not just the volume. Sometimes, have you ever been in that church where they thought it was just about volume? Volume only? And they would, the sound, the, the, 
And the sound man would be going, I've got it all the way up, and the guy's still doing this because it's all. Listen, it, there is volume in God, but listen, volume comes out of the heart. What proceeds out of the heart comes out of the mouth. And if there's a volume in your heart for thankfulness today, it'll proceed out of your mouth. But if it's just a little bit, it'll proceed out of your mouth. However, thankful, well, Pastor Don, I'm just not geared that way. I said something earlier in another lesson that I'm going to say today. We used to tear down engines, and we used to build them to more power. Part of that was taking the transmission out and re-gearing the transmission. So can I just use that for, listen, if you're not geared that way, you want to get re-geared today? You, oh, not me. Yeah, You want to get re-geared today? Re-geared to how you are and how you express yourself to God? Well, I'm, just, I'm not an outward person. Out of the abundance of the heart, an outward expression comes. Generally in church, volume is an issue, isn't it? Thank you for no amens. Because in most churches it is. People aren't comfortable with volume. They like soft speech. Most people are shy and reserved, embarrassed, aren't they? Are, 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 Are most of you shy, embarrassed? I'm not not embarrassed, but reserved. We like reserved because that sounds proper. Are we shy and reserved? I can tell you something. If you're shy and reserved, don't plan on going to heaven. That's going to be the most rambunctious place you've ever been in your life. If if anything, if anything, Jason and I are going to be running hand in hand, and we're going to have one word and one word only. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Highest praise you could ever give him. And man, y'all going to have to tell us to say and shut up like we do our kids. But guess what? We're grown-ups. You're not the boss of me. Why don't we get started here? After all, we're practicing here. We're getting ready here. But there's no more practicing when I leave here. Whatever I leave here with is where I'm going to go with. Don't think that you're going to be shy and reserved here and get over there and jump and shout. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. However you express to him here is how you're going to express to him there. You're practicing here. You're preparing here so that when you get there, you're all ready to go. You all know our worship team comes and practices before you get here, right? You didn't know that? You know why they practice? There's a reason. They want to be prepared to lead you in worship. Do you know why we're practicing here today? We want to be prepared so when we get on the other side, there's a thankfulness that will pour out, and it will be exuberant and exciting. But we've got to prepare here. Oh, Pastor Don's trying to pump us up. You got, you got it. Hallelujah. Most people, again, they're, they, sh- shouting out loud is not something. Oh, wait, let me back up. At a sporting event, many of you will shout to the top of your lungs. Even sitting on your couch in your house, you will shout at the top of your lungs at the TV who can't hear a word you're saying. But you'll shout. like, Or if you're live at a game and your son catches the ball and he's only, yeah. Or, or, or your, your daughter is the majorette and she's doing the twirling and all this. Yeah, you're, you're out there. Or your, your son is 6'8 and he, he can dunk all kind of ways. And every time he even gets close to that goal, you're up shouting, dunk it, slam it, throw it home. 
You don't have a problem doing that. But when it comes to church, when it comes to God, sometimes I want to get up there and say, dunk it, God. Slam it home, God. Take it to the hole. Sometimes I want it because some, some of us, that's all we understand. But listen, there's a thankfulness that ought to bubble out of us. There's a joy and an excitement that ought to bubble out of us. Usually when the water isn't bubbling, it's because the fire's not hot enough. Mm. Usually when the water's not bubbling, the fire's not hot enough. My God, get us on fire here today. Get us on fire here today. You should have heard me at times fishing and hang a... You should have heard me when I... I scared every deer out of the woods two years ago when I shot that big buck. There wasn't a deer left. It wasn't because I shot that gun. It's because I yelled so loud. I was excited. Man, why couldn't I get to whom much has been forgiven... Now, maybe you didn't need to be forgiven as much as me, but you still needed to be forgiven. You don't know the, the billionth of what God had to forgive me for. That's not important. Understand this. My goodness, He forgave me, and now guess what? I am in a place in a kingdom. I'm in a life where I had never could have experienced. It could have never happened in this world. Nothing in this world could give me what I have today. What would happen today if someone just busted out with a shout of praise? Exactly. Busting out with a shout of praise. Wow, what would happen? <clears throat> what if it was you? What if it was you? that busted out with a shout of praise. Then your husband would go, or maybe he would bust out with a shout of praise. Maybe your kids would go, or maybe your kids would bust out with a shout of praise. What if just one of us? Maybe if you're reserved, you could try it this week in your car. Maybe if you can't bust out with a shout of praise here at church, why don't you give that a shot in your car? Nobody in there. Nobody to hear it but God. But bust out. What if you did it at home in the shower? Well, if you do it in the shower, warn family before you do that because they're going to come running and you might get embarrassed. What if you just busted out with a shout of praise like you've never done before? Do you really know to those of us that have, you understand the liberty that's there and the freedom. You, if you have never done it, you have no idea what it feels like. And I don't mean feel good. I mean the freedom and liberty that just got exposed to your spirit when you bust out with a shout of praise, a thanksgiving because of what God's done for you. All that might feel a little city, silly, but can I challenge you to give it a try? You ever done something, and after you did it, because you didn't want to do it, and you didn't want to do it, and you didn't want to do it, finally somebody talked to you into doing it, and you're like, well, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that hard. It wasn't that silly. You ever done that before? Sure, we all have. Well, it's an open invitation. If we do it at games, it shouldn't be too hard to do it here. 
After all, pigskins aren't very valuable, even when you blow them up with air. And yet we make so much value out of a pigskin that crosses a chalk line, who, by the way, is washed off when the sprinklers run the next day. We should be thankful. Do you enjoy being in the presence of God? But I'm in the presence of God all the time. What, what, do you enjoy being in the presence of God? Oh, man, we should. It's, church, it's okay to be happy. It's a, I've seen some of y'all happy. I wish you'd get that happy here. I've seen you happy in other places. There's nothing wrong with being that happy or more here with God's people, in the presence of God. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. It's okay to celebrate. My grandfather didn't allow his girls to celebrate their birthdays. He allowed us because we weren't his children. We were his grandchildren. He didn't allow them to celebrate their birthdays. They, they weren't allowed to have overjoyous or be overjoyous. He thought it was a sin. He thought it was a sin. He, he, he was a Methodist man. He thought it was a sin to be overjoyous. Now I understand why I was in the group I was in. Because it's bringing in the sheaves, bringing in. I don't even know what a sheave is. But I sang it for 24 years of my life. Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing. And I'm singing it just like we sang it. Wasn't a happy soul in that church. Because we were all working, bringing in whatever the sheaves are. I was so glad when I, you know, I didn't understand it at first. The very first service I went in, apostolic service I went into, this dude comes running out and run down the aisle and ran back up. And the, oh, Terry Brock. Bishop knows him. Terry Brock. The very first person I ever heard was not my pastor, Jabbo Green. This guy that had just got off the revival circuit. <laughs> Can you imagine a Pentecostal revivalist? Well, this guy was redheaded and was on fire, Paul Phoenix. And I love that man because, man, the whole time I'm sitting there, I think this man is absolutely nuts, but he believes everything he's saying. And so does everybody else around me. This is crazy. But you know what? They were all excited. There, there was an exuberance and an excitement because they had discovered something in their life. There was, they were in the presence of God. Come before Him with joyful songs, the Scripture says. For some reason, God likes joyful songs. Have you noticed that? That God likes joyful songs. He likes those songs of praise and worship. I think it's because you know, we're, we don't, He doesn't demand us to do it. When we do it, we do it because we want to. And I think that's why God enjoys it. It's straight out of the heart. Straight out of the heart. It's a personal interaction with God. And God loves personal interaction. God loves that. Our thanks to God has to flow f because of relationship. Do you sometimes find yourself singing because you're just singing? H have you ever just been driving down the road and you start singing a song? Can you all imagine what that's like in my truck? 
Yeah. I do too, but my singing is a little different than yours. But God hears it in a different way. God hears it from a joyful noise. He, he doesn't care if it's on key. It's a joyful noise. That's what God wants to do. It's a personal interaction. Recognize Him for who He is. Know that the Lord is God. He is the one true living God. Beside Him, there's nobody else. There's no other one. There's none beside me, He said. He's all-powerful. But He's not just all-powerful. He's all-loving. He's all-caring. He's all-grace. He's all-merciful. He's all-long-suffering. All the things. It's, but it's just not enough to know that about Him. You have to experience that. See, I think a lot of times we, we don't have the thanks, thankfulness we should have because our experience is lacking. It's one thing to see a man being saved from being drowned, and you're kind of relieved that he didn't drown. It's another thing to be the person that drowned and somebody come and save him. You're, you're in a total different scenario. Total different scenario. When you experience it, when it comes into your life, Listen, we don't belong to ourselves from the very beginning. Oh, you know, that started when I was born again. No. He has made us. He made us from the beginning. And while we were yet sinners, we were His. We were just lost His. We were His lost. And He found us. You get that about Scripture? All, all mankind is His. That doesn't mean all mankind's going to be as in the end as far as being with Him. There will be those that were lost. So understand this. We are all things of, we are His from the very beginning. You never were not His. You just were lost. And He found you. Man, what, what a Thanksgiving that ought to be. What a Thanksgiving that's going to be. What a Thanksgiving be ought to be happening. Acknowledge Him as your Creator. That He made us. We didn't make ourselves. Yes, we have two daughters. I've had these guys walk around. They got, you know, and I don't have a problem with this because I have cousins that are guys that walk around. Yeah, I, I got three big sons. Look, look what I did. Well, you know, you you showed up. That was God. You showed up like you're supposed to. That was God. God made us. Get a hold of that. You're His. Love can never be accepted though unless it's given freely. Thanksgiving can never be accepted, accepted unless it's given freely. He gave it freely. He gave it freely. How about me? No obligation, just relationship. I love it when Jude sits in my lap, and for those of you who don't know, Jude's my grandson. He sits in my lap, and he looks at me like I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. Because Papa lets him get away with some things that Jamal doesn't. Yeah. He, he he sits and look, you know, and just for, out, out of nowhere, you know, he he he'll kiss and hug and he, he you know, I, I just I eat that up. Yeah, don't don't you grandparents eat that up? You're not a grandparent yet. You, you, listen, you thought you loved your kids. I love Audrey and Megan, but move, move over. It's a different type of love. But it's something you can't get enough of. And that's what God feels about you. He can't get enough of you. 
He can't get the more thanks you can give him, the more thanksgiving you can give him. He can't get enough of it. Why? Because you're doing it of no obligation, just out of pure, raw love. The psalmist reminds us that it's he that is our shepherd. We are his sheep. He leads us. He guards us. He gives us rest and nourishment. He restores us. He walks with us through the valleys and he comforts us. What is a good reason for being overflowing with thankfulness today? The two Hebrew words that you read, if you look uh, in verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful under him. There are two different words that are used here. The, the first Hebrew word uh, for thanksgiving is todah. And it refers to a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise or a song of thanksgiving and praise. That when you enter into his presence, you come into his presence with a song of thanksgiving and praise or a sacrifice, todah. The second word thankful there in the Hebrew is yoda, Y-O-D-A. It, it, but it's a, it's a poetic play on words, not yoda. When I looked this word up, it kept popping yoda, yoda, yoda. Yeah. It's, it's the writer here, the psalmist uses a poetic play on words here. Why is that? Because it derives itself from Judah, the worshipers of Israel. The Hebrew word Judah means Yahuda, and when they shortened it up, it became Yoda. It's an abbreviation that means give thanks and praise. The word for praise that we see here in Scripture is the word, and there are different words for praise. This particular one is Tehillah. It's a song that's struck up by a person. You ever been walking around with people and somebody strikes out in a song? We, we would come home from football games, we, win, lose, or draw. We, we'd sit in the bus and we'd sing these songs. These are high school boys. Can you imagine this? Somebody would always strike out with Flintstones. Meet the Flintstones. They're a modern historic family. And then the bus would break out singing it. That's the Gila. As the worshipers were heading to the temple, somebody would just break out with a song. And then it would cause everybody else to break out with them, and, and they would sing that song. Whatever that person sang, they would wait and hear what they had to sing, and when they got it, they would follow in with them. It was just a song that came out naturally. It wasn't a song they practiced. It wasn't a song they wrote. They just broke out in song. You know, sometimes maybe our, our life needs to just break out in song, doesn't it? Maybe our life just needs to break out in song, cause others to follow along, or, or do you live in a negative side of life? You see, if you live on the negative side of life, if you're always concerned about what other people think, what other people are doing, how people have treated me, well, you might break out into a song, but everybody might be singing the blues. Because oftentimes that's what our life presents to people. Not a broke out song of thankfulness, but a, the blues. We have so much to be thankful for. As the temple of God, we should be never ending in song and worship. That should be so natural in us. It should be so natural. You want to see something natural? Let me go back to grandkids. 
If you want to see something natural, watch it when grandkids show up at grandma and grandpa's. Something natural just comes out. They want to love and hug on them. After all, freebie time. Freebie time. Mom and dad are out of the picture. God brings a freedom to our life. He brings a freedom to our life. And the more you learn to give him thanks and worship him, the freer you become. The Hebrew word for uh, bless here. We're supposed to bless. You know, so often we're so seeking God to bless us that we forget that we're supposed to bless him. We're supposed to bless him. End of verse 4. And bless his name. That's part of what I'm supposed to do. Bless his name. That word bless is barak. It means to bless God as the source of your power and your strength. So when we come to God, we're to, to, to express to him a thankfulness for the source. He is the source of our power. He is the source of our strength. That means he's the source of our life. Often we're so tuned in again to the blessing that we forget the blesser. Singing songs of praise blesses the Lord. I'm not talking about what we do up here. This blesses the Lord. But during the week, man, if you ever busted out in a praise or a song during the week, man, you know, heaven opens. The angels are like, whoop, whoop. And God's already there. Come hear this. Because they don't get it. The angels don't get it. They don't, they can't understand why you would break out in a Thanksgiving and praise. They, they don't understand. They can't, they look, they desire to, but they can't get in that. It's not the relationship they have with God. It's the one you have with God. They so much want to do it. They just don't know how. You imagine, have you ever been there and everybody's doing something and you just didn't do it because you didn't know how? But when you learned how? Finally, in verse 5, remember that the Lord is good. The Lord is good. You know, there, there's some say if he's so good, then why does he allow all this bad stuff to go on? You heard that one? Now, that, that itself is an entire sermon. That whole, why that happens, that's a whole sermon. We're not going to go into that. But understand this. God was good in the garden. And Adam messed it up. But God didn't quit being good. He kept being good. And Adam kept messing it up. And the more good God was, the more messed up Adam was. Till he began to learn that God was good. And when he learned that God was good, things began to take a turn. Evil was not brought into this world because of God. Bad wasn't brought into this world because of God. It, but the fault doesn't just lie with Adam. You know, we knock at them, but it doesn't just, because Isaiah 53 says this, all we like sheep have gone astray. We're in it with Adam. We have turned every man to his own way. We're just like Adam. We got to recognize, we got to look again. We got to take a, a re-clutch, a super clutch, a back. Those are all, I'm getting into. And understand, God is good. It was God and His goodness that looked on our, our undoing and paved a way 
for our salvation. That was his goodness. And his goodness still prevails. No human is exempt from suffering. Why? Because God's not good. No human is exempt from suffering. Why? Because God shut off his goodness after Adam's sin. No. No, no human is exempt from suffering. It all comes to all. Why is that? Because we live in that flesh of sin, and that brings the suffering and death. We're not exempt from it. Listen, the Lord still brings blessing. In spite of who I am, He brings blessing. He brings healing. He brings provision. He brings deliverance. He brings freedom. In spite of that, His goodness still will prevail in my life if I'll recognize the Lord is good. We have so much to be thankful for. God, God's love never fails. His love endures forever. It says to all, endureth to all generations. Every single group of people that has ever come upon this earth, His truth endured. His truth passed on through. Listen, love is not something God possesses. God possesses no love. For God is love. He possesses nothing. He is. He doesn't possess long-suffering. God is a long-suffering. He doesn't possess mercy. Those are things we try to attain to. God doesn't have to attain to anything. It's because that's who He is. That's what He is. And He is love. In 1883... It's said in New England that the sun didn't rise on a particular day in 1883. People woke up to this eerie darkness in New England in 1883. They went out and went ahead and did their chores, but when they were doing their chores, there was an eerie dark silence. Nothing. No sun. No light. No rooster crowed that day. No bird sang their song. None of the usual events that you normally hear on a sunshiny day, were heard that day because in 1883, New England was in utter darkness. Slowly begin, people began to make their way to church. Isn't that interesting? You, you bring a little darkness into a life. You'd think you'd bring a little life into, a little light into a life, a little that they would get, but you, that's just proof to who we are. So they began to make their way to, and it's, it says in this particular writing that that the churches in the New England area of the United States that were predominantly all filled to overflowing in 1883 because of what was going on. People were crying out to the Lord. They were asking for forgiveness. They were asking for God's deliverance. And the churches were full all day long until late in the night. God forbid that we would be here all day long into the night. But you know what happens when struggles come our way? It's not so hard to be here all day long. When darkness comes into our world, it's not so hard to be in the presence of God all day long. So as the next morning neared, large crowds of people, wherever cities they were, they would find the tallest hill they could find, and they begin to gather, or the largest building, they would get on top of it. And everyone stared at the eastern sky, waiting to see, is the sun going to come up today? And as the sun began to creep over the horizon. This, this article said people begin to shout and sing and give God thanks for seeing the sun that day. What the people of New England didn't understand in 1883, that 
on the nation island of Indonesia, the volcano Krakatoa, who had been asleep for hundreds of years, suddenly woke up. And on that island of Indonesia, that, that Krakatoan volcano exploded, sending clouds of dust and ash into the air. And it got up into the jet stream. And it carried that ash and that dust across the world. And in northern United States and England, it darkened the sky and no one could see the sun. It was total. They didn't know anything about that. They had no idea on the other side of the world in 1883 that Krakatoa. We would know in with a matter of minutes. They didn't know. It, would, it took them months, some of them years, to even know what had actually happened. That such a thing could happen that would block out the sun. Yet for most people that day, they became so, they became so thankful because the next morning, the warmth of the sun rose up on the horizon and the light appeared to them once again. And they became so thankful. There was a resurgence of people's lives being involved in the kingdom of God. They, they were very grateful that day. How grateful are we today? Do we need a Krakatoa in our life? It seems like that has happened in our country. It seems like in the political world, Krakatoa has exploded. It seems like in, in the financial world, Krakatoa has exploded. It seems like in race relations among us, Krakatoa has exploded. It seems like you just name it, and it seems like darkness is coming over this country. Is that what it's going to take for us to be thankful? To look to God and look towards the heavens and say, Lord, forgive us. Lord, cleanse us. Lord, deliver us. Or before that thing spreads over this country, could we stand today in awe of God and say, you know what, God, regardless of how dark it is right now, we're thankful to you. We're thankful to you. Would you stand with me? We're thankful to you. I've tried to do this, and I'm, this is not a brag. It's something I'm trying to do because it's the right thing. There were times in my life when my wife would make me dinner, and that was expected, the man thing. And I didn't say anything. I ate my dinner. And then I got to realizing something. You know, she didn't, change. She didn't poison my dinner because I wasn't giving her things. At least I didn't think she did. Maybe that's why I'm having these hip problems. No. She didn't halfway make, you know what? She still made me the best dinners, and she always was there to make sure that I enjoyed it. And she would ask me, does it taste good? Do you like it? And I finally came to the place where I realized something. I need to be thankful here. And I've made it a point to thank her when she makes dinner. Thank you for making dinner. Whether she expects that or not is immaterial. I should be thankful. And whether God expects it or not is immaterial. We should just be thankful because He's filled our plates. Our cup has overflowed. If you don't believe me, go, go live in another country for a few, few months. You'll realize just how full your plate is, just how much your cup's flowing. You'll realize it. We have an opportunity. This is Thanksgiving week. You should spend 
spend your time this week with your family. You know what? If you hadn't talked to somebody in your family, give thanks to God that they're still here and give them a call this week. Give them a call this week. You don't know what kind of argument. It's immaterial. It's immaterial. Be thankful that they're here. Be thankful to God that you still have them. If I could have one more day with my mom or dad, just one. There's so many times that I should have said thank you that I didn't. That I wish I could now. Because I'd spend that whole day never leaving their side, hugging them with all my heart and thanking them and thanking them and thanking them. Because over and over in my life, my mom and dad come out. In, there are things in my life that I could never have made it through without the wisdom of my parents. And it's the same thing with God. God, I forget you sometimes. I forget that you set my... That all, you know, this is a great opportunity today to give thanks. Let's, let's start this week. Could we, church? Could we start this week just giving God thanks for all that He's done? All that He's done. There's so much that God's done that we don't even know. But the things that we do know, wow, God. Wow, God. Don't, don't let me lose my opportunity today and if you want to come to this altar that's fine if you want to stay at your seat that's fine wherever you'd like to just give him some thanks this morning thanking him for all lord thank you for all that you've done that you're god and god you revealed yourself to me god you revealed yourself to me i could have been one of those that never had the revelation of who you are but you've revealed yourself to me not only that, you told me that I'm yours, that I'm a child of the King. Thank you, Lord. God, that you'll wash me from all the filthiness of my flesh, that you cleanse me with that precious blood, that you put righteousness into my heart, that you put joy into my soul. Thank you, Jesus. God, you provided for me all my life. You were there when I wasn't in a place where God should touch my life. But I look back, God, and there you were here. And there you were there. God, thank you, Lord, for bringing me to this place where I could find an altar that I could trust God and that God would touch my life. You gave me your spirit, Lord, the power and authority of your name. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not walking alone. You told me, God, you would be with me always, even to the end. Thank you, Lord. God, you've given me a wonderful family. You've given me precious friends. You've placed me in a church, the body of Jesus Christ, where I can have strength and grow. Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful God this morning. Thank you, Jesus. God, I'm so thankful this morning. God, you lifted me up when I was sick. You healed my heart when it was broken. You touched my spirit, Lord, when I didn't feel life in me. God, you always were there. And you're never, ever going to leave. You've never failed me, Lord. When I call on you, you've never failed me. Hallelujah. God, I can't help but shout hallelujah to this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful Savior. Wonderful Redeemer. You are my Counselor. My mighty God. My everlasting Father. My Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. You are God, my Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Oh, there's none like you. God, there's none like you. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor. I shout with a voice of triumph. I sing with a voice of praise to you today. What a wonderful God. What a wonderful God. Wonderful Savior. How he healed me to the uttermost when I think I love you so much, Lord. God, I can't express. My mouth doesn't have the words. I can't express, Lord, what's inside of me today. So I want to shout to you today. Hallelujah. The highest praise I can offer you. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. I bless your name. I bless the name of Jesus. No other name. No other name like your name. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless His holy name. Jesus. Worthy of all the glory. Worthy of all the honor. Worthy of all the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. 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 For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.